0: Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, but we don't talk about race. Yeah, it seems we can get real uncomfortable with ourselves and pushing our body to the limits in our running, and we even talk about how much we enjoy that uh, place of being uncomfortable and pushing ourselves. and. We can talk about getting out of our comfort zone in terms of distances and physical challenges. And some of us even get out of our comfort zones talking about battling our dark inner demons, but we're not comfortable talking about racism. And we don't leave our comfort zones to do it on this podcast. And that's on me. I've said numerous times that I think people listen to podcasts to get away from whatever is going on in their life. And that might be true. It, it certainly is for me. I listen to so many different podcasts. I can hide from every current event out there. And so I have projected that attitude onto the listeners of this podcast. I've said uh, people tune in to the podcast to listen to stories about running. So very little politics has leaked into this podcast. Hell, you know, besides COVID, even very few current events in the world have snuck in here because I basically said uh, people don't want to listen to that. Well, that might be true for some listeners, but what is more truthful is that I do didn't want to talk about it. See, this podcast is also my escape. Many of you know I'm not on Facebook anymore. I don't watch the nightly news. I barely even really use the internet anymore. Heck, when it comes to entertainment, I pretty much only watch stand-up comedy or sitcoms and cartoons from the 90s. I've uh, systematically eliminated as much drama as I can from my life. In some regards, I grew up with a lot of drama, and now I believed that lots of uh, good fortune combined with some hard work to this point in life has yielded uh, not necessarily untold riches and fame, but the very simple luxury of being able to tune out or avoid drama. But to be able to escape drama or to ignore current events uh, is also a pretty big privilege. As a middle-aged suburban white dude dad who has a computer job, I can pretty much disappear into the background of society. I can blur in with the everybody and not worry about a thing. I can go for a run without someone thinking I stole something. I can go for a drive and, heck, even get pulled over for a traffic stop without fearing I'll get killed. I can walk through my suburban neighborhood and no one will stop me and ask me if I live there. I can call the police if I feel that me or those around me are in danger. And, oddly enough, I can believe that when the police arrive that they are there to help me. Uh, I am able to go to trail races, do my podcast, and live my life without ever feeling that that ever-present feeling that me or my friends or my family will be killed. And chances are pretty good that if you're listening to this, you are very much in the same situation as me. Black people can't tune out from being black. Black people get killed for running at night. Black people get killed for running red lights. Black people get killed for being in their own house. Black people cannot call the police for help. I'm I am by far not an expert on this topic. In, in fact, I think I just told you all the reasons why I'm not an expert. But there's one fact I do know. 97 episodes of this podcast, three black guests. And that's just not good enough and that's a failing of me to uh, to pretend that I can talk about getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene and not talk with people about an issue that strongly and profoundly affects both our city and our running community uh, you know how can this podcast represent Rochester runners if Rochester runners aren't equally represented, and for that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to those who have felt excluded, either by not being brought on as a guest or by not having your interests appropriately represented by the conversation. I don't consider myself a racist, but you know what? Not being racist is not enough anymore. There is no change by opting out. In fact, I, I think opting out has had the exact opposite effect. Opt out of voting in an election and see what happens. Power goes to those that seek and pursue it. That's fact of all the ages. And we see it now, every day. Power crazed enforcers under the guise of serve and protect. I mean, how can how can we not? There's more smartphone videos of police brutality than there are of kids winning spelling bees. You know, the list of names of people unjustly killed by police in just the last ten years, hell, in in just twenty twenty alone is far longer than any one white person wants to acknowledge. And don't get me wrong, this is not anti police rant this is anti brutality anti systemic racism and anti murder i have very good friends who work hard to be strong public servants and to stand up for what is right but the system that it's the system is what does not work it it should serve and protect the citizens not serve and protect those who use their power to inflict unnecessary fatal force on others. And we white people who are not deeply affected by it each minute of our lives cannot opt out any longer. We, we can't be okay with something that is so broken in our society. To opt out of racism and to opt out of police brutality is no longer an option. So running. So Joe Gray, if you, if you don't know the name, Joe Gray is a world-class mountain runner. He's won 16 U.S. National Mountain Running Championships. He's represented the U.S. in international races 28 times. He's won uh, the 2016 World Mountain Running Championships. He's also black, I raced against Joe Gray at the World Snowshoe Championships in 2017. Raced. Uh, I mean, I was in the same race he was in. We were all in the same race, but I don't know that anybody else raced him. He ran 28 minutes on the 8K course. Um, You know, when we were headed up to the race, we were all excited that Joe Gray was going to be there because he was Joe Gray, amazing mountain runner, world-class but I'd be lying if there wasn't a bit of a black world-class mountain runner in a snowshoe race type of exoticness to it. It was like, you know, this dude is legit and we're going to be there. Um, so the thing is, he's not the only black mountain runner, you know, he's not, he's certainly not the only black man who excels, uh, and certainly not the only black man who runs. It's one of those problems as of uh, representation. As I said, 97 episodes, over 80 guests, and three of them black. Definitely not representative on my part or of running inside out. Um, and, you know, Joe knows this. Joe knows that it's a representation issue. He's written a few articles and recently he's he's even he's stepped up and um brought up something a little even more personal and I've read his articles and each time I've thought, you know, he's right. And that's sort of where it stopped. I said, you know, he's right. Um but his articles give a bit of voice to something I think we would all feel if we just took a minute to look around a little bit at a race or at a group trail run. The people represented, or look on magazines, or, you know, look anywhere. Uh, the people represented in our sport are W-H-I-T-E White. In Cho's most recent article uh, titled No Change in Silence, is in a trail runner magazine. I'll put a link in the show notes along with a host of other links. Um, it was his explanation of that article on his Instagram feed that kind of struck me and I'll share a bit here, but go find him and add him to your list of follows, uh, at Joe Geezy J O E G E E Z I on Instagram and check out the article. It's, his explanation was for years, I have been preaching that life is short and that we shouldn't waste time. I was a hypocrite for many years. In fact, it was cowardice to avoid speaking my truth when it came to my experiences with racism. Truth be told, I was afraid to lose sponsor support at times. I was afraid that if I talked about a racial issue, that maybe my sponsor wouldn't agree with my stance. I have always felt like garnering sponsors was a hard hill to climb for me, and thus, I clung to them knowing that as a black athlete in a predominantly white sport, It would be a tall order to attain another sponsor if I lost one. By keeping silent, I realized that I was just as bad as a racist person. Silence only allows racist ideology and behavior to cultivate. Exposing the issues and sharing my experiences can help others understand the problems and maybe help others gain knowledge on how to be better humans. I later found that other black athletes felt the same exact way regarding fear of speaking on racism, end quote. So, world-class athlete, top in his sport, afraid to speak about his experiences for fear of being, what, blacklisted? And you know what? Even in that article on Trailrunner Magazine, on the online version, where he personally speaks about his experiences with racism, there was a comment, and a reason why you should never read the comments, honestly, that read, save the political commentary for your own blog. I read Trail Runner to get away from that crap. So there you go. Read the article yourself and decide if there is anything political in Joe's story. How weird that when a black guy tells a story about being on a run and someone refusing to leash their dog and calling him the N-word, and he's told to take his political crap elsewhere. Uh, Racism is so ingrained in our country that to speak out about racism leads to arguments, accusations of personal politics, and uh, even worse, being anti-police or being anti-American. You know, I I don't doubt that some people will choose not to listen to this episode or maybe they'll choose to no longer listen to the podcast. But if you're still listening, thank you. Uh, even if you're just sticking around to see if I can string two coherent thoughts together. But I appreciate you listening. If you are listening and you do want to start a dialogue on this, you know, email me at chris at com. I would... Really appreciate having um, some conversations with folks about this. Uh, So thank you. Um, Okay, so let's say you're fed up and frustrated too, but like you're just a person doing life and you hear about these things and you know racism exists, but it's, you know, in your day-to-day, it's hard to imagine that it's really all that bad. Maybe just reflect a little bit and challenge that assumption, you know? I, I think it starts with a little bit of empathy, uh, being able to understand what others are going through. Um, so while maybe you have never experienced any of these things, um, or you think they happen, but it's just so crazy, or it's it's one in a million, right? Uh, it's it's something that's, it's rare, but boy, is it terrible, but it's rare. Maybe for a second, like, just believe the people that are saying these things. Believe that there are entire communities, cities, there's an entire population in our country that goes through this every day. Believe that racism is true and real because they are telling us it is true and it is real. And care about it that way. Care about it because I hear it and I'm believing you and so it must be real. And for it to be as real as you're telling me, it has to be really terrible. And if you can believe that, you know, for a single second, that there's even one single runner out there that is afraid to go running because they're afraid they might not make it home. They might be murdered for running. Maybe then, you know, things can start to change a little bit. There's these podcast episodes get 500 or more downloads. Imagine if 500 runners in our community were even able to take a portion of this message or whatever message and act on it. You know, maybe something as small as following a few more black athletes in your Strava feed, um, looking for opportunities to be more inclusive, to share experiences. Uh, I think there were 500 of us that did that. We'd start to see some change pretty quickly. But what else, you know, practical and tactical, you know, as I mentioned, I listened to lots of podcasts. Um, I came across a great set of resources from one of my favorite podcasts called Accidental Tech Podcast. Spoiler alert, it's uh, three white dudes talking about technology. But if you listen to the episode I linked in the show notes, um, it'll sound very familiar, you know, middle class, white guy type stuff. But they list some very good resources and I'm just going to drop the clip in here because they did it much better than me.
1: And these links in the show notes are trying to help answer the question of, I don't know what to do. What should I do? Uh, and how, and how should I do it? Like maybe you don't want to, or can't give money, but you can give time and you can, or you can just learn about things or whatever. So there's going to be a ton of links. Uh, I it's not. There might be better ones. If you have suggestions, you can send them, and we can add them to the show notes or whatever, or just tweet them to people. But I think they answer a lot of common questions. I'm just going to go down and read the titles of them. It'll help uh, say what kind of links they are. Right. First one is 11 things you can do to help Black Lives Matter and police violence. Everyone loves listicles, right? Just give me the list.
0: <laughs> and it's not 10, it's
1: 11. How to safely and eth- ethically film police misconduct. At the top of the show, we're talking about Uh, The ubiquity of filming. There are things to know about how to do that safely and ethically. And so there's an article on it. How to be an activist when you're unable to attend protests. If you can't go to a protest, you can do other things. How to protect safety, protest safely in the age of surveillance. If you are at a protest, how do you protect yourself? We know that there's tons of ways that, you know, uh, third party companies and the government can uh, track you. And this will help you counteract some of that. Uh, books about race and racism here's a big list of books if you want to sit down with a book and read and learn about this there's a lot to learn and there are a lot of really good books on it uh there are podcasts hey surprise you like podcasts there are podcasts that talk about racism (laughs) 16 podcasts another listicle like there's a lot of them pick one uh listen to a couple episodes learn something uh there was an interesting twitter thread by a data scientist who has a bunch of research-based solutions to stopping police violence basically saying let's look at the data let's look at things that have been tried and measure how effective they had been uh it's a little bit turns outy but there's a lot of good data in there again he's a data scientist check out that twitter thread uh and there's also a big uh site that obama put up which is a similar type of hey you don't know what to do come to this site and we'll link to a bunch of things again using obama as a proxy for probably linking to you know some charity that's like a scam or a front or whatever probably pretty well vetted and lots of links to learn more. Uh, and then the final thing I'll add is one of, one of the other things that I've tried to make myself do as, as a benefit to myself and my family, but also to myself, is find a way to talk to, if you have kids, find a way to talk to your kids in an age-appropriate way about this issue. Because if you don't talk to them about it, no matter what age they are, like unless they're like an actual infant they know that something is going on just in the same way. That, like if you didn't talk to your kids about coronavirus, they're going to notice why aren't I going to school? Right. Like Kids know, kids know about this stuff. And if you don't talk about it at all, I feel like you're missing an opportunity for both you and your kid to, um, to come to a better understanding of this. Because I know, I know it's hard to talk to your kids about this. Like I know I have kids. I try to do it. It's not easy, but forcing yourself to figure out how to do that. How do you talk to a five-year-old about this? Forcing yourself to figure out how to do that makes you like, think about it more like just like saying stuff on a podcast makes you have to think about it or writing makes you have to think about it god it's even more so when you're talking to your own kid you don't want to screw it up like you're like oh how do i talk to my kid about this like so they're not scared and so they're not like they don't have nightmares about it and but like i don't i do want them to know like find a way you know practice uh, between uh, you and your partner if you have one to try to figure out what you're going to say practice in your head but I found that an important and valuable exercise. Obviously, it's a little bit easier when your kids are older, unless they're really ornery teens. But either way, uh, that's that's my suggestion.
0: So, what do we do? We're just one person listening to a podcast trying to get by. Well, voting is a thing. Uh, we can certainly vote, and we can work to elect leadership that we believe is representative of the values we want to see in our country. And yes, we absolutely, most definitely should get out to vote. In fact, we should help others vote. Um, I have a feeling there will be many, many obstacles and factors that will discourage us and others. Folks in cities predominantly um, to uh, discourage us from getting out to the polls this year. But please do it. Please help others do it um, any way that you can. It's, it's pretty important. But you know what? Voting doesn't happen every day. And voting is a like private and personal thing. That's why we go into those little booths or those little cubbies and we secretly cast our ballot so no one can see what we really do. It might be effective to begin policy change if we vote accordingly. But it doesn't affect social change, and I think we need to lead by example and not look to our government leadership for the example. I don't. I don't really have the answers here, and honestly, you know, I got a few suggestions. I guess, as I said, I'm I'm not an expert, uh, but I'm struggling just to say words now to myself in an empty room, so. Um, but as I mentioned, each of these podcasts gets 500 downloads. Imagine 500 people. Some would get 1,000, 500 to 1,000 people taking some small actions in our community. Uh, that's a big deal. Um, this isn't going to be easy, but uh, we're runners. And We know that uh, it starts with a single step, right? (laughs) That's what we tell everybody. Um, And we know that anything worthwhile doesn't start out easy. And we know that while it will be difficult to start, in the end, the rewards and the distance traveled are far more than we could have imagined possible when we took those first steps. So... Let's change things.